This is the S-Ra Podcast. This is going to be the MMA edition. So I've gotten a few times suggested and requested that I do separate my MMA and boxing. I don't know why they can't coexist, honestly. I don't mind when I go on to like Morning Combat and they have a, you know, they have both. They talk both, right? I I, I want to hear both, but I guess apparently I'm in the very, very, very low minority that wants that likes both MMA and boxing. So I'm gonna separate them. This is my MMA one. Right after this, I'm gonna start filming the boxing one. So don't worry, they'll both come out at the same time. I'm not gonna favor one over the other. I'm just gonna break down both, and I'm gonna dedicate myself to MMA cards, fuller, more depth on MMA cards, more depth on the boxing cards. And not spread myself, you know, so thin where like I'm covering just like two of uh, one fight from each card. I guess this is better, more detailed. So let's get into the big UFC this weekend. UFC 271, Israel Adesanya, Izzy versus Robert Whitaker in a rematch that a fight that the first one wasn't very competitive. And Izzy takes him out in the second round via TKO. And in this fight, I, I knew that it was going to be drawled out more. I knew it wasn't going to be the same dominant fashion or as quick as, you know, the first one had happened as far as Izzy getting the, you know, the stoppage and hurting Robert Whitaker because I knew Whitaker was going to be more patient. And I knew that Robert Whitaker is like, as far as skill wise, it, it hadn't changed much from when he fought Izzy the first time. And he didn't become to me better. He just was always a high level fighter. So when he did go on this run where he beats Kennedy Air, where he beats uh, Calvin Gastelum and he beats Till, it's um it's a great run. Those are three solid names, especially in middleweight. But I didn't think I was seeing like some new transform of Whitaker. I just really didn't see that. I just saw that he was Whitaker, the same high level Whitaker, and was probably better than everyone else in the middleweight division besides Israel Israel Adesanya at that point. Now I think questions have to come in that Sean Strickland is probably peeking his head right into that picture. Um. We're going to see. I have a feeling that's going to be up within, if not the next fight, the fight after that. But I just didn't see anything for Whitaker that I was going into the fight that was like, he's going to, you know, have these new skills that Izzy's not going to have an answer for. So what that would mean is it would have to be a change of strategy. And Robert Whitaker really has, you know, a, he has a, he, he's a very solid fighter, well-rounded. But as far as, like, strategy or what he's going to bring to the ring, it's, it's kind of like two looks. He's either going to move around the cage Right and look to respond, uh, look to draw you in so he can respond, or he's gonna be aggressive, exploding in and out with the ex- explosive, uh, you know, strikes, explosive sprints in to to catch you. So he wasn't gonna do the, the sprints he did the first fight didn't work. So he's gonna be more defensive and let Izzy come to him. Now I knew that's a mistake because at that point, right, Rob Whitaker's game, it, first of all, isn't the best going backwards. And he's kind of just target practice for Izzy, especially if you're just letting Izzy kick you right in your leg. And you're just kind of a punching bag that moves backwards. Now, we did see limitations from Izzy, I felt, in this fight as far as, like, the di- how dynamic he is with his punches. I don't think he's a very dynamic puncher. Now, I think he has very good shots with his punches. Like, he has very good one-twos, right? He's good power in his hands. But as far as, like, uppercuts, uppercuts, hooks body shots I just don't see that he just doesn't have that in his game and it, it, it's not to me and I really even that surprising he comes from a kickboxing uh, background and where his kicks are really his main weapon it's like what's the most dynamic and most elite thing about him are his kicks so when people are moving back around Izzy and 
making him forcing him to create an opening right to find an opening it's a little bit it's it's a lot harder for him because he's kind of just could get stagnant because the kicks uh, are well effective especially on the legs like a head kick it's if you're moving backwards and you're just staying defensive you could kind of stay away from the head kick it's a little obvious it's you know very wide and they're just it's not something that's like you're going to use over and over again, especially the energy it takes too, as well, and the positioning, right, that it takes, that it's just, that 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 wasn't going to be, you know, the way this fight came to an end, so he would have to find the shots and sneak the shots in. I just don't see that in Izzy's game, so here's maybe like a, a weakness that we see in his game. They just couldn't find those shots. Now, I did know that Izzy would easily win if Rob Whitaker went back, and he would just be able to pick him apart. So, Rob Whitaker starts learning that, but from the second round, he figures out like, hey, that's that's not working. There's nothing I could do from there. I'm just helpless. So then Rob Whitaker does a, a, a brilliant thing, which he should have did probably from the first round. He starts jabbing his way in, even double jabbing. And then he starts double stepping his way in, which is like what I called out for him to do before uh, when I did the pre-fight breakdown. And that allowed him to get in on Izzy's game because Izzy's very jumpy. Izzy doesn't stay in the pocket. And when he does, he does the head back motion and looks to counter. But if you can come in a straight line, the head back motion doesn't doesn't work. Izzy will get stuck. And especially from the experience he had with uh, Jean, where Jean just kind of walked through when he did that. When he put his head back and left his legs there, left his balance there, uh, Jean would just eat up his eat up his waist and take him down to the ground. So Izzy wasn't going to do that. Izzy was just keeping out of range. So when Izzy gets out of range, he kind of has to reset before his offense is effective. So, Robert Whitaker was just taking all his momentum away from him, and he would just force him back. But then he never kind of built on that, right? He did that with a jab, and it was effective, and he kept going back to it, but he just didn't have anything left or nothing else to add to it. To create, you know, what, what opening was that creating for you? What possibility was that creating for you? What momentum was that getting for you? Because he was now finally getting the forward momentum. You were pushing Izzy off his spine. He couldn't attack at that point. Now, how are you going to build on it? I wish he would have kind of went to the body. I think that the body to Israel Adesanya is a very interesting um, weapon that hasn't really been put to use. Because I think that the body shots are there. But Rob Whitaker never added to it. Now, yes, did he get a few takedowns? Yes, very quick. Seldomly did he control them long on the ground. Now, people were trying to make a case where that somehow, you know, wins him the fight. And it's just... Now, I could see the logic in it because that's sometimes how MMA fights are scored where, like, takedowns are the equivalent of knockdowns. I think that if he would have had more control on the ground, that that would have been, you know, um, that would have meant more. I think that, that maybe he could have made that argument then, but he, had, he wasn't effective standing up. Even with the jabs coming in, it kind of just put him in a good spot, but he never really did anything with it. The takedowns were, were quick and really had no control over. Izzy really landed only effective offense. He kind of controlled the fight. I just, I, to me, and the way I score every, I think every MMA fight should be scored, is a takedown is just a position, and it's a position to where what you can do with it. And Robert Wood couldn't do anything with it, and I think that's what the judges saw. He's not doing anything with it now. And but like you can see, you can have an argument that in previous fights, that they would score like you know, hey, that takedown was more effective than what you know Izzy's offense was, right? Maybe you could say that, right? Like the takedown was the, the highlight of the round. I didn't see that for this fight. I just didn't see there was no control. There's not really no effective work that happened from it. He did do the jab, but it's just when when it was he was moving backwards and he was at range. Izzy was just tearing apart his leg, 
And Izzy's offense was just, to me, more cleaner. It was just more effective. I never really felt Robert Whitaker was truly effective with his offense. Now, the strategy that he did was good, but I don't, I kind of just seen that Robert Whitaker is never going to be at Izzy's level to win this fight. Another thing I want to talk about is Israel Asanye and his strength, which I said before, when we went before the fight, that his strength allows him to make up the ground that his grappling lacks, right? The skill that his grappling lacks, the technique. He can make up ground because he's very strong. And being very long and very strong is a huge advantage, especially in grappling, because you can spread out your base very wide. You have uh, your limbs... Or can control, uh, can move into different spots. You can you can grab, you know, you get wrist control and take the guy's arm completely out of the game. Like it's just certain things you can do when you're long like that, and especially when you're very strong. Israel Adesanya is very strong at middleweight. Now light heavyweight, he didn't have those strengths, and then you started to see that his grappling really suffered, and he kind of just accepted his position on the ground. It's not because like you know it wasn't willpower; it's just because the strength wasn't there. And once he had the strength, he kind of felt. Uh, John's strength on top of him and he was just kind of like something I can do here is kind of have to play it safe and just hold him and wait till he gets the next round I guess Rob Whitaker he doesn't feel that way he feels the strength he feels he has a strength advantage he feels at least the strength is at worst equal and he feels like he could take a little more advantages and getting back up I don't think technique wise he's like extremely uh, improving from the John fight I just think that it's more of a size and strength situation and at middleweight his strength is much greater than it is at light heavyweight and it's allows him to you know close the gap on the grappling when guys are better grapplers than him because it allows him to close the gap on it if you hear like about brock lesnar right and i'm not doubting brock lesnar's wrestling but we hear Charles Sonnen talk about it, and he would say he, he says that brock lesnar isn't that skilled of a guy right and that the guys at that weight aren't usually that skilled it just kind of comes down to you know you know it's like if you watch super heavyweights fight in boxing right and it's like they don't look like featherweights you know they're not doing the things featherweights can do even though Tyson Fury is pretty damn skilled but I'm saying just over history of time right it's just like you know they they can't do as much right they're bigger they're not as coordinated as a little guy but Brock Lesnar can out wrestle a lot of guys like he can just take it down and control you that's that strength advantage it allows the to close the gap between the skill and technique Izzy has it here doesn't have a heavyweight doesn't have a light heavyweight. And his striking, wow, very good and no doubt about it. If he's not going to be able to create the openings with his punches, I don't know if he's going to have the success at light heavyweight. It's starting to look like, to me personally, no, he's not going to have that success. Especially if he gets in with a guy that can grapple. I think striking, Izzy's always going to be in the fight. If it's just a striking match at light heavyweight to middleweight, he'll, there's not a guy that's just going to like blow him out in striking, right? Maybe they can make him just stagnant and, you know, uh, tentative, but they're not, I don't think they're going to blow him out. But I don't think his striking, especially with his hands, is enough an advantage like what Anderson have, right, at light heavyweight. What Anderson had at middleweight, where it's just like he could make up, you know, he could dominate. Because you would really need to dominate with his hands. And I just, I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing that. And I think that the more boxing, if someone can, you know, like when it comes to Sean Strickland, and I, the thing I see with Sean Strickland is like, you know, his, his legs are straight, right? They're real straight. He doesn't have very much movement. He's kind of just like come forward, walk towards you, trying to like, it reminds me a little bit of Nick Diaz. And Izzy probably just tears up his legs. Like that's the easiest outcome I can see, right? If I'm not, before even breaking down the fight, I can just see like Izzy probably tears up his leg. Now, if Sean Strickland can have an answer for that, um, it's going to get interesting because if he gets on the inside with his jab and takes Izzy off his spot, 
Izzy could become stagnant, and John Strickland's not going to be stagnant. He was going to take some chances. And there were his hands. And if you remember Calvin Gastelum fight, uh, Calvin Gastelum willing to take chances with his hands and not just make it ugly, but just get into a boxing range and force Izzy to mix with those combos. He could have a lot of tr trouble. It would just be, can he get past the leg kicks? I just don't know if Izzy's striking is the high level enough to where he's going to be able to dominate and get to 205 and win a title there. Now, if Jerry, if Jerry wins... That's a, it's a much better matchup for him, for Izzy, right, in the future. But Glover, right, if Glover lands to take down, he'd be a lot, he'd be in trouble. John, very big. And those guys like that with that size, they can take him down. Like a John Jones, he, he would be a lot of trouble for him. He would. He would be a lot of trouble for Izzy just because, first of all, 185 to 205 is 20 pounds. Okay, it's not the same as like Champ Champ from you know, 155 uh, to 170, it's it's a full 20. So, you know, I think Israel Adesanya at middleweight is, you know, he's levels above these guys. I'm sure that, felt, that fight felt closer, but like I said too, also five round, you know, you only have five rounds, so the guy wins the first three and then the guy wins the next two, even though he dominated the whole first half of the fight. He dominated a good portion of the fight. You know, he still lose two rounds. He lose one round. It's like 4-1. It's still one round's kind of even close. The fights are always kind of close to the scorecards. It always seems like it's a lot closer than it really is. I thought this fight was... The scorecards were, you know... People felt it was a lot closer than it actually was. And I thought Izzy kind of dominated the fight. Robert Whitaker still very good fighter. Like I said, still good fighter. Plenty of guys at middleweight. Still plenty of good matchups to be made. And the UFC is no problem doing that. Making good matchups for guys that... Maybe can't be champ. Look at the co-main event, which I want to talk about next. is Derek Lewis versus uh, Ty Tuovasa. And, you know, Derek Lewis is never going to be world champ. But they keep him relevant fights because he's entertaining. And he's a, he's a good level fighter, right? Like, a heavyweight, you know, maybe can't be the champ. But everyone else is going to pr pretty much have a problem with him. So let's get to that fight. Let's get to Derek Lewis versus Ty Tuovasa. And... Ty, who, you know, slowly is building a, a big fan base, slowly becoming a star, especially with the shoeies, especially with, like, you know, the UFC has a big push for, like, the Nelk, the Nelk boys, and they're really, you know, they got in with Ty, and he kind of fits, like, their personality. The crowd goes crazy when Ty Tuvasa comes out. Like, they really do. He, he has that it factor that maybe you can't explain it, but he has it and there's no denying it. And then you got Derek Lewis who also has that kind of it factor and people like him and he kind of breaks the rules of fighting and doesn't fight the, you know, with the best technique, but he can hit you, you go to sleep. He's funny, he's not, you know, politically correct. All these things and these two guys matched up and you just kind of knew like, goodness, that's a that's a fun fight. And it was, it was extremely fun. Like it was, it was you watching it, it was captivating. It was the most captivating fight of the night. And it was, it's what you kind of like when you picture heavyweights fighting. That's what it looked like. It was big shots. It was, um, you were at the edge of the seat. You felt like it could end at any second. Especially when Derek Lewis landed those uppercuts. I mean, he didn't just land like one. He landed like four or five straight uppercuts on Tai Tuvasa. And Tai Tuvasa takes him and doesn't look like extremely affected by it. You got to remember that Greg Hardy landed a shot on Tai Tuvasa that had him on skates. And almost, you know, would have been patient in a better finisher, better technique, could have put him to sleep. And Derek Lewis lands five uppercuts on him, and he doesn't even shake him. So how hard does Greg Hardy hit, right, first of all? But then Ty Tuvasa stays composed, and you, you got to remember, Ty Tuvasa has good hand speed. He's got some good movement. He's big, 
But even at points to me, I looked like Derek Lewis was a lot bigger than Ty Tuvasa. It looked like he was just a bigger human being. I thought like he's going to outstrength him. But then Ty Tuvasa held him against the fence a few times. And especially when he gets knocked and he gets him against the fence, he lands elbows. Boom. And it, Derek Lewis folds. And I was just like, I've never seen Derek Lewis hurt like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I didn't think at this point Derek Lewis could get hurt like that. And he gets hit and he just folds. And people saying that, you know, fix or whatever, people are stupid. I mean, that's just it. People are stupid. I wish, you know, I wish he would elbow them like that. And Ty Javasa has all this momentum and would turn, would look like just like a guy that was just going to brawl in the, you know, on a, on a fight to open the card. Now we're talking about like with fame and the wins he's getting and notoriety, he's closer to title shot than you think. And he's closer to main eventing some pay-per-views than you think. Especially if Nagano leaves and you have uh, Cyril Gan, uh, Stipe, who's almost out the door, John Jones, of who knows what he'll ever fight. Taito Vasa could be next for a title shot versus Gan. That's not outrageous. And star power will get you um, leaping over some people. But it's not like he doesn't deserve it either. I mean, he knocked out Derek Lewis. And I know Derek Lewis just got stopped, but he really got, Derek Lewis got outskilled that fight and just kind of. So frustrated, wanted a way out. This one, he he was in the fight and he got put out. He didn't need a way out because he got put out. I wouldn't be surprised. Tattoo Bossa is finding some major fights next, and I think he deserves it. And I think he's entertaining. And I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure the. I don't think he's world championship level, but I think he's gonna give some guys some problems. That's for sure. Now let's go to the fight before that. You got Jared Cannonier versus Derek Brunson. And this is a f- obvious, you know, number one contender fight. Sean Strickland's performance was what I thought it was going to be, but I think he needed to re- really wow people to get the title shot to to leap the, uh, to leap the winner of this one. And then I think the best chance of leaping someone was if Derek Brunson won. Derek Brunson doesn't win. Now Derek Brunson comes out strong. I didn't think Derek Brunson was going to land a takedown that early in the fight. I thought maybe he could get one, but I thought he would struggle getting it. And he did something smart. You know, everyone goes to Cannonier, they go out his they go to his base because he's easy to get to. It's not like you can't find Cannonier. You can get to him. You can get to his hips, but Cannonier is very strong and he gets his legs very wide and he can't get him. So what Brunson do? He gets he goes and gets an ankle, lifts his legs up, takes the foundation that he has. And puts it upside and puts it sideways. He says, "Okay, you're willing to spray legs. I got you. I'll take that leg with you." It gets him down on the ground. Very effective. Then he drops Cannonier, right? Which I didn't think Jerry Brunson could do in this fight. I thought Jerry Brunson, you know, who's very one-dimensional with his stand-up. If we're being honest, it's, and he's mostly everything from his left side. Um, and Cannonier just has part of the worst first round that he could possibly have in this fight. But Jerry Brunson, with those that fighting style of like getting takedowns, shooting for takedowns. And holding someone controlling it also burns a lot of energy. And he does have dips of energy. And when he as soon as he hit that dip with Jerry Cannonier, it looked like more of the fight that I was expecting. And Cannonier basically, you know, basically Brunson was done. He was just out. Uh, just energy alone, he just couldn't do it. And Cannonier was just too crisp when he came in to strike. So you know, class shows over time, and as far as like the stand-up portion of this fight, Cannonier was the class compared to Derek Brunson. Now that's um and Kenyer doesn't wait. Like, he's not a guy to wait or, you know, like, faint or all, any of those things. He's like, I'm. he gets in a range, he attacks. And he was just beating Derek Brunson to it. Derek Brunson's dead tired. He's all over the place. 
Kendra gets him down and just drops some vicious elbows and sleeps Derek Brunson. And probably ends Derek Brunson's, you know, ever a hope again a title shot. That went away with those elbows. So Kennedy has the performance he needs, has the win he needs, and it just makes sense that he'd be the guy to fight Izzy, especially if people felt that the, Izzy's fight was born with Rob Whitaker. It, it's not going to be born with Jerry Cannonier. Now, is Jerry Cannonier kind of like picture perfect for what Izzy wants, a guy to come forward so he can, you know, so he can counter and, you know, keep the distance and make the guy come into his range so where he's already set? Yes, this is this is the better matchup for Izzy, especially if he wants to be entertaining or get an entertaining finish. That's the kind of fight. But Cannonier has no problem doing that. He's doing the thing that he wants to do is come in, throw big shots, throw big hooks, kick your legs, put a lot of power into everything, be strong, be aggressive, and I just think it makes up for a very good fight. Now, I think there's a good chance it might look somewhat similar to the Costo fight, right, where his Cannonier just kind of is walking in the sh uh, shots and those shots are, you know, start to add up and, and might put him to sleep. And so this is the perfect fight for Izzy as far as like matchups to look impressive, but it's exactly what Kenyon wants to do as well. Like it's exactly his momentum's going to come forward and that's what he wants it to be. So that's why this fight makes it, it makes it interesting. I think that Izzy's going to win that fight and I think that will set up the matchup with Sean Strickland, depending on who Sean Strickland fights in between that. But I think Kenyer has, you know, Kenyer's only really recent loss to Rob Whitaker. We see that Rob Whitaker's a high-level fighter. Just because he lost to Rob Whitaker, though, that doesn't mean that he has, you know, less of a chance for Rob Whitaker to win that fight. It's, you know, styles make fights. And MMA sometimes is a rock, paper, scissors sport. So we shall see, but... Kenner did everything he needed to do to be impressive to win that fight. Tied to Abasa did everything he needed to do to look impressive to win that fight. And Israel Adesanya, well, maybe people don't think it was that impressive or they think that, you know, he, he uh, coasts two decisions. Robert Whitaker was beating everybody at one point, right? And no one wanted to fight him at, you know, at middleweight. He, you know, this is a guy that went through Yoel Romero when Yoel Romero was, like, at his complete best. Okay, this is a guy that... um you know, let's pull up Rob Whitaker's resume because I think we, you know, sometimes you go down, you get you get down on these uh, wins, right? But you got to remember who Robert Whitaker is, right? You have to remember his resume because yes, okay. So this remember Robert Whitaker beat Calvin Gastelum to get to back to the title shot. He beat Jerry Cannonier. He beat Darren Till. Then he loses to Izzy, right? After a long layoff, then he, before that he beats Yoel Romero, beats uh, uh, Ronaldo uh, Souza, then Yoel Romero again, Derek Brunson, Rafael Natal, Uriah Hall, Brad Tavares. Like look at these names. Like these are these are guys that are like veterans. These are guys that are proven guys in the sport. And this is the run he went on. So when you're going to knock Izzy and say, like, oh, it's not impressive. It's like, look at the guy he's fighting. It's not like exactly, you know, as far as, like, how effective he really was, if you think about it in his game plan, it's very impressive what he's doing. Robert Whitaker is a legit, you know, was a legit world champion. Dominated middleweight. And Israel Adesanya is, 
you know, kind of like winning a clear victory decision on him. It's it, sometimes you don't. You got to realize, like, are you a fight fan or you just want wildness? Sometimes you got to say that because I, I really enjoyed that performance by Israel Adesanya. Now, if you want more entertaining, I think Henry is going to give that to you. Thank you guys for listening. I will have another podcast out this week to talk about this weekend's fights. This has been the S-Raw Podcast, MMA edition.